In Radio Land, this is June the 14th, 2023. It's the only June the 14th, 2023 we'll ever have. And so we declare this is the day that the Lord has made. And we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. What a day it is to serve the Lord. He'll take the impossible and make it possible every single time. And for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So it's Wednesday. Jacob Swift's not able to be with us today. He's usually one of our normal co-hosts, but we got our other two normal co-hosts. Or should I say, are you normal? Or is this like just regular? Like, should we say regular or normal? Which one's more appropriate? Regular. Regular? All right. Jamie's like, I don't want none of that normal stuff. Yeah. Normals. Yeah. No, normals for ordinary people. You can't say normal with Jacob Swift. That's true, too. Lord, yes. Um, so I guess, we, I guess this morning we won't hear about the... We won't hear about the weather machine this morning, Um, but it is good to be in the house, good to be in the studio. I missed being here yesterday. Thank you all for those who prayed for the funeral and um, continue to pray for the family. It's a just a tragic time and a horrific time for them as they heal and as they recover. But I do believe the Lord did do some special things in the funeral yesterday, and so I praise him for that. And I just declare, and I really do believe that what the enemy meant for evil, God's about to turn around for his goodness, whole situation, Amen. and that souls are going to come to Christ, and that com- the community is just going to be impacted um, by what's going on, in not just in a negative way, but I'm thinking, I just know, I felt it in my spirit yesterday, just God's about to turn around for his good. So Hallelujah. I believe there's going to be some mighty testimonies come out of this, and there already has been, There, there truly has been, just some of the testimonies that we heard yesterday and um just how god worked in a lot of the final hours it was just wow it was really amazing testimonies and um um just without going any any details you you could tell it was just kind of like one of the women at the well story where um she just went and told everybody and that's kind of what i've that sunday morning after she just went and told everybody because of what god's done in her heart and her life and that's true conversion that's true um, transformation and whenever we meet the real messiah we real we really meet jesus in all of his glory we don't go home and sit down and just pop open a television show and or pop on a television show and eat popcorn and act like nothing happened no. like it changes you it changes the dna of who you are the grass is greener the sky is bluer you like people it's just an amazing thing and um i loved i love the testimonies that i heard and i just want to thank everybody for praying Josh and Hannah prayed, I think, twice for me on the air. Thank you so much. It was a tough funeral to minister at, but God was faithful and God was good. And uh, I was just very honored and appreciative that I was a part of it and had a small play in it. So, um, yeah, Um, there's, you know, I don't I know that God doesn't, you know, want bad things to happen. He doesn't he doesn't cause bad things to happen but I love how he uses everything for Mm -hmm. his glory yes and I just kept thinking about like how else would you have ever had the opportunity to go witness to those people you know like how else would you you wouldn't you didn't know her family really you didn't it's only because of Katie so like I was just thinking about how God uses everything uses his servants uses his um his preachers, his teachers, to go in in times like this, and he will still use the situation for yeah. his good. It's awesome. It's always humbling and an honor. So, Amen. Well, uh, I heard you and Josh had a good time yesterday. I got to listen to some of it. Um, 
<laughs> not all of it, and uh, but I did get to listen quite a bit on the way up. And the, um, the towards the last probably thirty minutes, it was. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, Josh. My mouth just would not stop. It was like I was like. Pre- I don't know if I was preaching, testifying. I don't know what was happening. You were stirred in the spirit. It got me stirred. I was stirred. And, uh, and then I was like, all right, Josh, go ahead. <laughs> I was giving him his time. And he was like, oh, no. And he was over there praying, while, you know. And so I was like, well, just tell me to shut up if I need to shut up. And he was like, oh, no. I'll. He said, most of the time I feel like I'm the one testifying <laughs> so much. So it was it was a fun time. And uh, the mm-hmm. spirit really was moving. And I, I do believe that some listeners yesterday, despite all of of the challenges of the morning I, do, I I really do believe that some people that tuned in yesterday were um felt the spirit through, amen through the radio so I'm Hallelujah. Thankful for that. well we have um uh as for announcements right now we're a little bit less uh <laughs> and so don't have as many things going on at the present time but that's a good thing yep. I think because we've had a lot yeah I mean we've it's, had a lot it's normal life it's yeah. normal life here um but we do have Father's Day coming up Sunday, and that's that's going to be um, awesome. And then we're heading out right after that. I'm going to miss everybody next week. I won't be here, but Hannah and Jamie and Jason and Gretchen and Josh and everybody's going to do a terrific job because y'all don't need me. We're carrying I'm on. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just here to pass the time and fill the gaps. That's all I'm here for. No, but no. But um, also, uh, this is kind of a... Uh, VIP announcement right now is that we are not having service tonight here at Bethel Fellowship. That very rarely happens. Like, I could count on one hand in my 10, 15 years of being a part of Bethel Fellowship that we have not had service. And this is one of those times. And um, just because we really feel drawn, uh, Brother Lance Johnson, who we've just really grown close to over the last little bit, is going to be ministering in Bowling Green. And so we are taking a carpool down to there. And so we are... We're reaching out to people. We started this process last night, and we're still reaching out to people. So um, we just we're anybody wants to carpool down there with us. Um, you know, you may have to drive in the carpool, but you're welcome to follow us down and be with us. But we are leaving here at 4:45 this afternoon from the church, and it's going to be an awesome time. I know that um, the presence of the Lord is going to be real, and he, he's just going to do his thing. He's going to do a mighty thing. And so we're just going to go down there and be a part of it and worship and be fed. And I'm excited for that. I think um, we've been we've had we've had a busy period and um, and sometimes just to go and sit somewhere and not really have to refreshing. do anything and yeah. um, just to hear and be fed is necessary. So we're taking this opportunity to do that tonight. So no normal Bible study at the church, but there is still youth. So Jason will still be having youth for any youth that want to come. So youth will be on as regular. The main sanctuary will not have service. So there'll be no regular Bible study tonight in the main sanctuary at Bethel Fellowship. We are heading to New Life Church in Bowling Green. We're leaving at 445. If you want to carpool with us, I don't know. Um, you may be able to write find your place somewhere in somebody's car if it's open <laughs> or you may have to drive in the carpool but we invite you to go with us it's going to be an awesome time and we're excited for that amen 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 well jamie you haven't been on since the women's conference so how'd you feel how'd you feel it went you... lord it went amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. there's not i don't know there's not even words to describe just how just i mean there are words but 
but truly I was in awe of the Lord and what he did um, during the women's conference and what he's still doing. And mm-hmm. Megan Fortner brought a powerful word and powerful testimony of hers and the spirit moved. There's a lot of love encounters. Um, I felt more clarity and direction in where God's calling me and um, Stevie and um, it was just a beautiful time. Yeah. Amen. I believe we saw a lot of deliverance and mm-hmm. well, definitely impartation of everything. That that was one thing that Megan said. She was like, anything that the Lord has given to me, I want to pray that he freely gives to to you all. And I, I love that. Um, and so she, there was a lot of impartation that went on. Anybody who was seeking something from the Lord, I truly believe that they got it. Yep. Whether it was a spiritual gift that they've been praying for, whether it was... Um, you know, healing or, you know, healing of trauma or, um, restoration or, um, deliverance, but it wasn't like the deliverance that's like showy, you know, like it, it was deliverance that was like more subtle and just a sweet, there was just a, such a sweet presence in the sanctuary. So I think it was just a deliverance in like, just a loving, like you just felt the love of God in there. So strong. It was awesome. Still do. Yeah, um, I think she said yesterday that her son, uh, I, I try to befriend his son, her son. I know, I and, love it. Um, so and so he, we got to be pretty close by the time he left, <laughs> and um, we we played ninja together, and he said, you know, he went home, and I guess he told his brother how much he loved it here because Aww. of their kids pastor Aaron. Um so I guess he thinks I'm the kid pastor. And uh, cuz I did the daddy daycare so I guess I'm the kids pastor. Uh I didn't know that and I thought that was kind of cool. Um so, That's so I've been a lot of different kind of pastors and different I've done a lot of service and different positions but I've never been a kids pastor. So I get to add something to my resume. Um <laughs> So I, I, I love, love that, um, and uh, so his brother was like, "When are we going back? I want to meet this kids pastor down a guy." Oh. And I said, "I'll play Ninjago. I think that's what it's called. I'm not for sure. <laughs> All I know is he told me his name was Lloyd. He's the Green Ranger, Green Ninja." And I said, "Well, I'm Sensei Wilson, the kids pastor." <laughs> All right, no, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, <clears throat> he was. He really did bless me. He was so cute, but he also, he knew his Bible. Like, we went out to eat, and he was, like, quoting these scriptures and stuff and saying, Mom, remember this? And I was like, wow, like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. It was was good. It was good. (laughs) Um, And then, also, I do want to say this, at July. um, Now, I'm I'm not pinning down this completely but the last week of july and i will have this date within a little bit because i want to get this out and everything going before i leave for vacation is going to be man up at the lake and june there is no man up if you're saying where's man up this month well there there is no man up this month in june but in july we will have man up at the lake here at bethel fellowship now i'm not saying rough river lake i'm talking about our lake in the back and so it's we got a good spot back there. We're working on all that surrounding it. So you'll be able to bring your uh, men. You'll be able to bring your kiddos out that night with you, your sons. And they'll, y'all can fish together. We'll have some cornhole. We're going to have some cookout back there. Uh, we'll have acoustic worship in the backfield. And so we'll just sing a couple of songs and 
Uh, I do believe Todd Mingus is going to give his testimony there that evening around kind of like a campfire kind of deal. So it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. We're, I'm calling it Man Up at the Lake. And so I hope people's not confused and think it means um, Rough River Lake, but Man Up at the Lake at Bethel Fellowship. And we'll have signs and we'll have preparation to get everybody back to that lake. You can drive back there if you got trucks. And last time we had a tailgate, we had a lot of trucks in the parking lot. So I know a lot of you guys have parking trucks and we can just park them in the field right there. But it's going to be awesome. And we're going to be talking a lot more leading up into that. But it's going to be a great time of fellowship. A great time for sons to come out with the dads in this event and just make it just a time of father, sons, and dads coming together and fellowshipping and sons coming together and playing with each other. And the hearts of the fathers being turned to the sons and the mm-hmm. sons to the fathers. Yes. And I'm telling you, this generation will be changed when fathers rise up in this land, mm-hmm. not to be just spiritual fathers, but physical and biological yeah. and adoptive fathers as well. And God's going to use men in a great way to do something extraordinary because he's called us to be positioned for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And um, it's time for men to be men and not just men, but to be godly men. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I don't want good men i don't want men with a good golf swing i don't need men that know their football in and out i'm i'm hungry for men that's ready to be godly husbands and godly dads and godly and um fathers to a generation that is desperate for fathers so Mm -hmm. um that's our heartbeat and we're pushing for it and man up at the lake in bethel fellowship in the last week of july is going to do that as well um we have vbs going on the third the the fourth the fifth and the sixth as well we'll talk about more in that um i had a sheet here with a bunch of vbs's around here that i was going to continue to announce i'll find that and announce it after the break i had them all written down i don't know where my sheet went but it's somewhere but after the break i will announce all the vbs's because again this is not a bethel radio station exclusive this is for the body of christ in our community if you're in the highsville glasgow area and your churches have to be at vbs get us the information we'd love to announce it if you're in the owensboro area and your churches have a vbs we'd love to announce that as well we want to be here to serve the body of christ and unite the body of christ and do anything possible to edify the body of christ all for the glory of jesus and his name and the kingdom of god to be expanded the gospel to be preached and the glory of god to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea all to his glory amen amen Whew. I think I said that one breath. Um, <laughs> you do that a lot, actually. I don't know how, because I can't breathe other half time. Walk up steps and I'm dying. Ugh. <laughs> All right, so Josh and Hannah got into John chapter 11 pretty deep. I know y'all read a lot yesterday, didn't you? We got to, yeah, verse 38 is where we, we will start 38. today. Um, yep, we got to the Jesus wept so, part and then finished out that little paragraph. The shortest verse in the Bible. And, of course, Jesus wept over the condition that he saw the people. Jesus didn't weep over Lazarus. Some people said, well, Jesus was so sad over Lazarus. Jesus was actually never sad over Lazarus. Jesus knew Lazarus was coming out of the grave. What he was sad about, what he wept about, is verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Um, I think all of this is from his troubled, that they just can't believe. They're still struggling to believe. They're still weeping. They're still crying. He's telling them, Lazarus is getting up, and yet they still won't hear. And I believe as 
these last day move and the latter rain is being poured out and the sons and daughters are prophesying, the old men are having dreams and young men are seeing visions. I think as all this is taking place and there's still some of those that will not um, hear, that will not see, that are still having the blinder on, that hearts are still cold, that will not wake up to what he's doing in the earth, it's still troublesome. I think it still hurts. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we treat the father just as this punitive old man that waiting to punish somebody, waiting to show vengeance. But in reality, the Lord is actually very merciful. He's very kind. He's very long-suffering. Whenever in Corinthians it says the goodness of God leads men to repentance, it's actually the goodness of his long-suffering. If you look at the context of that, it's the fact that you are still here able to repent. Mm -hmm. And it's his goodness that you're still here because Mm -hmm. you don't have to be here. It's actually his kindness and his goodness and his mercy and his long-suffering, his patience, that you are still here even able to repent. And his goodness is what leads you to repentance. And the fact that he didn't just judge you immediately. If he was so if if he was as punitive as we make him be in the church, then nobody would be here. It's true. And now I, I do not want to give an excuse for sin and I don't think he ever overlooks sin. All right. Mm-hmm. He never he never just ignores it, goes, Okay, y'all just keep on doing it. I have no big deal. Like he's ferociously angry with it. Look at the Old Testament. He is angry with it, but I think you have to interpret his heart correctly that he really does have mercy and grace and patience and that Jesus did not get mad at their unbelief. He got upset at their unbelief. It kind of broke his heart and he wept because of it. And I think that's significant to always say about Jesus wept because then the Jews interpreted, see how he loved them. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Um, So the Jews are interpreting this as, Oh, well, he just really loved him. But then there's others who say, could he not have stopped the eyes of the blind who also pep- wept? They're still, <laughs> they cannot interpret what's going on correctly. They're just struggling. There's some that thinks, well, he just crying because he loved him. And there's some that thinks, well, it's his fault that he's dead. He didn't stop them. And really the whole time it never said he was moved over Lazarus. He said he was moved over the weeping of Mary. Um, <clears throat> So that's kind of where we're leading up to in verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laid against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Um, I love this. Martha's back to her practicality. Um, I love Martha. Like, me and Martha think alike. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a Mary by nature. I am definitely a Martha by nature, and I'm okay with it. But um, Martha is not necessarily saying she's not wanting to open the tomb. Martha's not saying she's not, that she don't think it's it's profitable. She's just thinking of the practicality. Lord, if we open this tomb, it's going to stink. And I think there's things in our own life, like, it's hard not it's hard to go through John 11 and not get caught up because there's things that we go through in our life that the Lord is trying to get us to open and we're afraid that if we open them they'll stink. It's true. Because we've suppressed it and buried it for so long and when the Lord's asking us to deal with it 
we kind of do what Martha just did there and say, Lord, I'll open it. But if we do open this, you do realize how bad it's going to stink. And there's things in our own lives, and I'm not going to go too deep because we're not trying to play Dr. Phil this morning, but we're just trying to we're just trying to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. There's things in our life that we have suppressed. There's things in our life that we have hidden deep. There's issues in the heart that we have buried within the caverns. Um, and we, we really don't want that to ever come out because we're afraid that it will stink. We're afraid that people's going to think of us differently. We're, we're afraid that God's going to think of us differently. We're going to think, well, if people really knew who what I dealt with and people really know what knew what I went through and people really knew what happened to me as a child. If people really knew that, they wouldn't think of me the same. They would always curl their nose up at me. The Lord would be displeased. I won't, I won't be able to do this. And... And really, the Lord can never resurrect something that we're not willing to give him access to. Mm-hmm. And and he's and people say, well, he can, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. Well, yes, but he's also he's also given us a free will. So it's that sovereignty, mighty hand of God and our free will and our faith and our unbelief can hinder the move of the spirit mm-hmm. and move of God in our own lives. And so the Lord is gracious. I mean, the Lord is, uh, the Lord is, I would say, how would I want to put this? I don't, I don't always like to use this terminology, but he's a gentleman enough to say that if you want to hold on to your hurt and you want to hold on your unforgiveness, he'll allow you to do it. If you never want to give it to him, um, because he said his burden is light, his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light coming to me and I will give you rest. There's a conditional statement. What's that conditional statement? If I come unto him. Mm-hmm. What's that coming? I'm giving it to him. Yeah. And so I I can see myself with Martha so well because I think there's times in my life that the Lord has asked me to open something up. And I said, Lord, if I do this, it's going to stink. And I I just I don't I think the I think there's people listening right now. And again, I'm and I'm just doing what you was doing. I'm just talking. Sorry. Y'all interrupt it wherever you want to. I believe in this moment that he's truly preparing his bride. Mm-hmm. I believe yes. that the Lord is so sick of superficial transformation. He's looking for eternal transformation. And I think for so long we've tried to change the clothes without ever changing the heart. And what the Lord's doing in the body of Christ right now is infecting, changing, and transforming hearts. Because he never said in Ezekiel, I will give you a new body. I will give you a new pair of clothes. I will give you a new this. He said, I will give you a new spirit, and I will give you a new heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, something pliable, something soft, something that can be mobile. And and I think what he's doing in the earth today is dealing with things that we've kicked down the road for so long. But it's those things that are actually hi- hindering what he's doing in the earth because the body of Christ is called to be thriving. It's called to be moving. It's called to be shaking. It's called to be progressing, not progressive. I'm talking about moving forward. The body of the body of Christ is being called into something deep and something glorious right now. But he's going to deal with the hurt. He's going to deal with the anger. He's going to deal with the trauma. He's going to deal with the um, bitterness. He's going to deal with the slandering, the gossip. He's going to deal with the lust. He's going to deal with all those things in the heart. And as he as he's asking some of you this morning, open that up, open up that wound. I know you haven't talked about it for 30 years, but it's time for me to heal it. I know that you think you 
that person deserves to be angry at. But God's wanting to move in that situation today. Today is the day that you have to allow the Lord to open up the tomb of Lazarus in your own life and start speaking to some dead things. Because those dead things, you think they're not hurting you, but in reality, they're killing you. Mm-hmm. And they are a chain that has literally restricted you to the wall of the dungeon. And the reason you're still in captivity is not because God's not good. It's because you've grown accustomed to the chain and don't even realize it. And you only move so far off the wall and then it pulls you back. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the Lord's asking some people to open the tomb. And you may say it's going to stink. And I don't know if I want to smell it. I don't know if I want to be around it. I don't know if I want to be exposed to the air when it comes out. But the Lord cannot speak to Lazarus to come out if the tomb's never opened. And there is a conditional statement. Come unto me and I will give you rest. But we have to come unto him with it. We have to drop it. If we don't give it to him, he can't deal with it. That's so, good. All right, I'll shut up. That, no, don't. Go sh- ahead. No, that's <laughs> good. I was writing down notes during that. <laughs> I'm over here uh, being a scrub. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I that just, was good. That's really good. I yes. just feel like that's where, and that's the, where the Lord, what the Lord's speaking right now. For yeah. sure. I know in my own heart that's what he's he's speaking. Yep. And um, I see it. I I see it everywhere I go lately. That's just what's happening. Mm -hmm. And not because of me. I'm talking like I could go to Walmart and I see people to like people will talk to you and be like, man, the Lord's just doing a deep work. Or Mm -hmm. I mean, even at the funeral yesterday, you could just see the hunger. And and it's not just from the tragedy. It's other things, too. And Mm -hmm. um, the Lord is doing a deep work in the body of Christ. And um, he's really purifying his bride. And the thing I love is for so long we talked about purification of the bride as not looking at this or not watching that or not saying this or not um, going to that place, but going to that place or what we're eating. And all that is a consequence of true purification. And, And so while we weren't watching it on the Internet, we were still meditating on in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same old saying that we've said for a long time now. We think that we're actually rebuking devils, but in reality, we're still playing with them. They're just masked. They're hiding. And it's yeah. hiding in the caverns of our hearts. <clears throat> and I want to get to a place where there's there's nothing between me and the Father. Yeah. Mm, yes. And... Um, a Romans tells us that those who he foreknew, he predestined. This is Romans 8.30. Those who he foreknew, he predestined. Well, what do you predestined them to? He said he predestined them to be conformed in the image of the Son. And those who he predestined, he calls. And those who he calls, he justifies. And those who he justifies, he glorifies. And it's the golden chain of redemption that he foreknew me. And because he foreknew me, he has predestined me. And he's predestined me to be conformed in the image of the Son. If you are born again, there you are predestined. And you're predestined for one thing, and that's to be changed and conformed in the image of the Son. And mm-hmm. he will do that, and the potter will take the clay, and he will mold it however he wants. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so um, I'm just excited. I, I think finally we're, we are really, we're on the right track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we've tried to find the right track for so long because we were missing something. Yep. And, <laughs> And the right track is just being with dad and letting dad take care of us yeah. and um, not having anything between us. And 
at the end of the day, I'm not, I don't, it's not about how long my shirt sleeve is. It is not how my hair looks. It is not about what shoes I wear. It's not how polished you are. It's about the condition of your heart. Mm-hmm. And all of the other stuff follows the heart. We try to say that forever. Come as you are. Come as you are. Problem is we left them there because their hearts never got changed. Mm-hmm. We just have to be pure. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of remember that you were kind of young, probably in that phase where come as you are. And it was kind of like the Crowder or. Well, it was honestly, I caught it. It was just a saying, come as you are, come as you are. And I think that what we did unintentionally in that season was I, I agree with the premise that start out with that you can't clean the fish before they're caught. So don't expect a fish to come clean. The problem is that we just left the fish the way they are. Mm-hmm. So And the fish just started to swim in waters they were never prepared for. Yep. And they were never transformed for, and it, and it just slaughtered them. And yep. so the gospel transforms us. But before the gospel transformed my hand, the gospel truly transforms my heart. And because the gospel transforms my heart, my hand gets transformed. Mm-hmm. But if you have a transformed hand without a transformed heart, all you've got is religion, and religion never sustains itself. And that's why we have so many people in the church that get saved for three weeks and then get backslidden. They were never really born again. They just had an encounter with religion, mm-hmm. and they try to clean themselves up so they would be good enough and never realize that Jesus has made them good Preach. enough. Yeah. And that's why we've had this short-term cycle of, oh, yeah, I'm going to burn for God, and I'm going to do everything in my power to live holy. And then three weeks later, they are in bigger mess than they ever was because they cleaned the house, but they never filled it. Does this sound yeah. familiar, Jamie, from and yesterday? So. Oh, yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> yes. I love confirmation. It's it's awesome. Is this, what, just, you, is this what you talked about for 30 minutes? Not on the radio. Oh, no, it okay. was actually at prayer afterwards, but it wasn't just me. I mean, Megan Fortner t- touched on a lot of this, a lot, <laughs> a lot of the same things, um, and also just what the Lord's been speaking to you through, you know, preaching and teaching. And I just love to see how the spirit is moving on people and speaking to people that live, you know, States away. Like mm-hmm. he's speaking the same thing because he does, he doesn't just care about Bethel fellowship. He cares about his whole body yeah. sure. and he's speaking the same thing to people because he's Church. trying to get it in our, in our hearts and in our minds. Yeah. And I love it. Amen. And we did not talk about this before the radio. <laughs> No, we don't. We just let the spirit move. And I love it. Pretty much. I'm I'm exhausted before the radio. And then when my the intro music hits, I just wake <laughs> up. I mean, honestly, that's how it kind of goes. I just sit here quiet and music hits. And, OK, ready no, but to go. I, I will say, though, I've never heard that preached or taught that symbolism with Lazarus. I've never heard that. Yeah. I, and it, it hits deep. I mean, it, mm-hmm, it makes yes. so much sense. You know, it clicks. So. Um, I, I love John 11. Um, when I say I preach more from John 11 than uh, any other chapter in the Bible, that's no lie. Like, at actually at Hilltop when I was there before um, the church I pastored before coming here at Bethel, I'm I can't remember exactly, so I don't really want to lie um, or over exaggerate. But it was like I preached John 11 almost for, I think for four or five weeks in a row. Like I just preached the whole chapter. And it was like this, it was like this, it wasn't like I was preaching through the text for five Mm-mm. weeks. Like I preached the same text for five weeks. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I think there's so much in it. Like, I don't know what it, I preached John 11 yesterday at the funeral. That's what I preached from. Wow. Um, and I mean, this right here, you could probably do a few different, <laughs> yep. a few different teachings on um, it. Sermons. But 80% of the time when I preach John 11, I preach Mary and Martha. Mm. 
Lazarus is dead. He don't really much do with it. Um, he gets up out of the grave. Lazarus' story comes out comes up after he gets out of the grave. And really, Lazarus' story comes kind of later, almost in John chapter 11, because we see Lazarus going around telling everybody, like, hey, I was dead, but now you're talking to me. This guy's awesome. All right. Uh, and, um, and so, but actually, John 11, Lazarus don't have much going on. Like, he's, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. He's, he's in the grave. Like the the story about John chapter eleven and Lazarus, the story is about Mary and Martha. Like the whole story is about Mary and Martha and the Jews surrounding Mary and Martha. And the whole issue is that they may see the glory of God. Because if they would just believe, Jesus said, "You will see the glory of God." Mm. And that's what the whole John eleven is about. Is about getting Mary, Martha, and the surrounding Jews into a position to where their faith would actually be activated. Because he's preparing them for the resurrection and he's preparing them for the power of the resurrection. And he's just like, if you would just believe, you will see the glory of God. What, if, so, what if that's a lot of us right now? <clears throat> Come on, bring it, sister. Bring 100%. It. Sorry, I'm, as soon as I said that, I couldn't speak anymore. But yeah, I just kept thinking about that. Like, you know, for the glory of God that's coming, we know it's coming. We know, you know, we're in the last days. We know what's lying ahead. I mean, we don't know exactly what's lying ahead, but we know that his glory is coming. And so, I don't know. I just think about that. He's preparing us right now. We yeah. know he's preparing the bride. So I think we could look at this story, put ourselves in Mary and Martha's shoes and see, all right, what do they do? Like, what do we need to do that they didn't do? Yeah. Or what is Jesus trying to teach us right here? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> definitely. All right. We're going to have our first trivia question for the morning. Then we're going to come back with our first, our first, our dad joke, not our first dad joke, our dad joke from Brother Joey. Wednesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What apostle was a Roman citizen? Wednesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What apostle was a Roman citizen? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Amen. We're back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio Radio. I was I was trying to I was trying to multitask and this is why men don't sorry. multitask. That's my fault. I was talking um, up until the very moment. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking. She hit, I was thinking about something and then I was reading a text and then I was trying to bring us back in. So let's do this again. <laughs> Welcome back in to Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. We're glad to have you on this June the fourteenth, two thousand and twenty three. We're excited for all that God has done, is doing, and is about to do. He's about he is he's not about to he is moving yep. he is awakening his Amen. bride he is already doing it he yep. is preparing his he is preparing his leaders he's preparing Jeez. the voices he's preparing those with a prophetic utterance um, but more than that like we were talking right before the break and I didn't get to get this out before the break so I'll say this and then you'll know what it's pertaining to. I believe he is raising up Paul's, like he said in mm. 1 Corinthians, that I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes. That uh, the, the, the days of just men's wisdom is over, over, and the days of the glory of the Holy Spirit being poured out over oh, the earth yes. and on. the power of who he is. I heard 
one preacher said the other day, the Holy Spirit wants his church back. Yep. And it's time that we give him his church back. And we say, we say, I didn't come with an agenda of man or of religion this morning, but we came with the agenda of the Holy Spirit, and that is to be led by him in all things and to give all things to him so that we could give Christ all glory for all things accomplished. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm just excited. I mean, I'm stirred. Because I believe the power of God's coming to the house is oh, yeah. in the house. Amen. And the it's going to be exacerbated in the house. Would that be a good word? Can I say that? Be, I think so. Be oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, an explosion of his glory. Powered yeah. up. Church's about to get powered up again. Well, ex- you know that song? It's like, <clears throat> I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. Yeah, you want me to sing it? I want to look right to you. want to something. But it just reminds me of the Holy Spirit because <clears throat> how many people, how many songs are singing holy spirit you are welcome here and then they don't welcome you you're one and then a lot of a lot of you know times the holy spirit's not being welcome and i believe the time of empty sorry about that um quality of that singing i was just like giving it to you but um I think the time period of empty words are gone like i don't believe the 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 lord he doesn't want words that are spoken but then our hearts are far from him you know mm-hmm. like even in songs mm-hmm. so, because holy spirit ne- really like needs to be welcome like we need we truly need the holy spirit for any and everything that's what we were talking about yesterday at prayer mm-hmm. was yeah. like we can't like i can't believe that we even did life before having the holy spirit like how do you do life without the holy spirit like you, you really are dead like you really are d- you just feel completely drained it's like mm-hmm. you're always searching for something and you're always frustrated like you just don't you can't do it on your own <laughs> you yeah. can't do life on yeah. your own we just can't and you know I'm, I'm, i've been thinking about this language lately but let me before i say that let me say we do have an answer for the trivia question pastor Dwayne kid got it right what apostle was a roman citizen it was Paul, oh. Acts twenty three twenty seven, and so great job, Pastor Kid. Way to tie that answer in um, with the the <laughs> intro. <laughs> and so, uh, <clears throat> but I've I've been thinking of this language a lot about you know Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, and I completely understand what we're singing and what we're saying. But I, the more I think about this, and almost should we say something more to the effect of Holy Spirit, we surrender to you this day. Or yeah. because kind of the spirit of God's already in the house. Like yes. if we're there, he's here because he yeah. he lives in us and he's already there. So we're not trying to get him to come. He's already come. I think our problem is we usually don't surrender to him. Yeah. yeah. And like, all right, all right, Holy Spirit, I'm glad you're here with me, but I'm going to do my thing until my thing can't do anything else. And then I expect you to do your thing. So let me take us this far and then you take over from there. Yeah, that's and, true. But I do believe there's a lot of people that don't have the... Oh, sure. You know, like that think that they're, which we were talking about this yesterday, the whole like in. okay, so like the whole getting born again and the Holy Spirit, you know, you receive the Holy Spirit, but then a difference in actually being filled with the spirit Mm -hmm. and empowered by the spirit, you know, and like, so I believe that there's a lot of Christians that are baby Christians that have just gotten saved, but they need the empowerment. They need the filling of the Holy Spirit. So I don't mm-hmm. know what we would say. Holy Spirit, come and fill. <laughs> come and fill. Now, us. fill this place afresh. Well, I mean, because yeah. even in, I think in Ephesians, do not be drunk with wine, um, but be filled ye with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, that is a basically a continuing participle. Basically, um, I hope I said that right. 
that would say that it's always happening. Continuous. Like every yeah. every day we should be being filled. Filled. Um, yeah. That being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event. Mm-hmm. It is a continuing event in our lives. And I don't care if you've been born again for three days or if you've been born again for 300 days or for some people 300 years, whatever it looks like for some really old people out there like Roger. Um, and we still need to be filled. Like mm-hmm. every yeah. day, I need to feel afresh. I need Holy Spirit, fill me today. And it's not that we're goosebump hungry. It's that I know I need him. I need more of him and less of me. I want more of his discernment and less of my discernment. I want more of his grace and mercy and the fruit of the spirit than I do about the fruit of the flesh. And and that only comes when he fills us. Mm -hmm. And he fills us afresh. And when you're born again, let me just say this, because I wasn't taught this way, but I'm just going to teach how the scripture, you cannot be born again if the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you. Like you, he's got to come and give you a new spirit, a new heart. He's got to. That moment of regeneration, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He comes to lives in you. Now, as we progress and then you get into like Acts 2, that's the empowerment. Mm-hmm. So that's like the empowerment of the spirit. Really, Acts 2, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was really the empowerment, the immersion of the spirit of God to prepare and equip them for their mission and their purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And it was the empowerment because that was whenever they really got... <laughs> Um, I always think like this Acts 2 is the moment that the, the arrow is put in the bow and shot. It's the empowerment. So we kind of have like a breakdown of like just teaching, you know, mm-hmm. for anyone who. Sure. Because I would, you know, there's not a lot of um, teaching on this that's completely right. Like you hear people get certain things right and then certain things tw- like twisted. Um, but like the born again. You must receive the Holy Spirit. That's a given. You must receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like uh, repeating what you said. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> and then um, the filling should happen every day because as we read the word, as we pray, as we pour, the Lord pours in the word in us, we're being filled by the Holy Spirit every single day mm-hmm. that we get in his presence. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like an empowerment, like an overwhelming like explosion of the Holy Spirit. And that like charges us up, empowers us, grows the anointing that we need for the Lord to, to use us. Sure. Yeah. And I would even go, I would, I would probably push a little bit farther because this is something I've been, I've been trying to figure out the right vocabulary and the right language surrounding this. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit would help us even more to understand exactly what, because I don't think, I don't think there is a lot of good teaching on the Holy Spirit. I really don't. I think the pneumatology is um, is is a little bit slacking in a lot of ways, and I think that we've either made him all about the gifts, or he's pretty much ceased, or you know, it just depends on whatever kind or side of the tribe or whatever you want to say you're on. I want to find out who he really is, what mm-hmm. he's really doing in the hearts of believers, and exactly because, yeah, there's the gift of the spirit, but it looks to me like the fruit of the spirit is just as important, mm-hmm. and yes. so. Um, I, I think if I, I'm, I'm trying to like figure out how to unpack this with the vocabulary and the words necessary, but I believe the reason he's filling us constantly is not so that we feel good is so that we are continually over continually overflowing. And also we're still dying daily. And so there's going to be stuff in me that dies today that didn't die yesterday. And when that dies today, that's going to leave some kind of open spot and I cannot leave openness in my life because emptiness is not something of the believer. It should be full. 
And and so as I continually die and stuff in my heart continually starts to be pulled out and God continually sanctifies her, his bride and consecrates his bride and we continually are being cleansed and we're being stretched and formed, I believe as we're cleansed, he's also pouring out. Mm-hmm. And I believe the, that openness because, again, I'm so it was no accident. He made sure this was in the canon. If we clean the house and don't fill it, something's coming back seven times stronger. Mm, yeah. And I think when he cleansed the house, he's making sure he's filling the mm-hmm. house. Yeah. And the bride should be overflowing and radiating with the glory of God. And if we're going to be the light of the world, we're only the light of the world because the spirit of God is lighting us up. Yeah. yeah. And if we don't have the spirit of God lighting us up, then we usually have religion trying to burn and religion never burns bright. And so we have to we have to make a, a conscientious decision, choose you this day which you're going to serve. Yeah, that's not just the father or, or which one you're going to do, Jesus or Satan. Like which one you're going to serve? I think it's more than that. Which one you're going to serve? You're going to serve the kingdom. You're going to serve under the Holy Spirit. You're going to serve under religion. Like which one's it going to be? Like mm-hmm. there's so many things this day. Choose you this day which one you're going to serve and yeah. which one you're going to worship. That's good. That's true. Is it money and materialism? Or is it generosity and the fruit of the spirit? Like we can't serve two masters. And so Mm -hmm. choose you this day, which one you're going to serve. Yeah. And um, I've been thinking a lot about Peter's shadow, you know, and I just think about like that, that overflow of the spirit. Like, and I think about Peter's shadow, like Mm -hmm. healing people, like literally his shadow. Like, I don't know. I just think about that. And I think about, you know, Jesus saying, well, greater things than these. Mm Mm-hmm. Greater things than these will yeah. will you do, you mm-hmm. know, and that come that he's alluding to the Holy Spirit, like he's talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, um, and so I don't know. I just think we need to teach more on it. We need to talk more about we it. We do, we do. But we need to talk more about the fruits of the Spirit and like what you're bringing to the table right now, because it is this all ties together, like the enemies of the heart, the things of the heart the fruits of the spirit like the fruits of the spirit is what fills your heart when you get those other things out of the the heart yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then from that overflows and pours out all the good things that affect other people Mm -hmm. jamie you got anything well i was just thinking that verse i think it's in (laughs) luke but god's been highlighting this verse to me a lot lately of might might even try to find it i think it's in luke where it talks about how a goodness comes out of a a good heart, something with the treasury. I have to find it. Treasury of, treasury of a good heart produces good things. Mm-hmm. And treasury of a wicked heart produces wickedness. Oh, okay, yeah, here it is. Um, Luke 6. 45 a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart what you say flows from what is in your heart mm-hmm. so if your heart isn't right with god you're producing wickedness you're producing bad fruit but if your heart is you know after the lord and letting him do the work that only he can do it's going to produce good things it's going to produce the fruit of the spirit when you give him your your heart and let him do what only he can do. Yep. And if you want to know what's in your heart, slam your finger in a car door and you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I do think it's good you bring that up because I think us as Christians who are pursuing the Lord, we have to let go of pride yeah. because I think we're like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm following the Lord now. Like I'm doing what he, I'm in the path he wants me to be. I'm serving. Um, you know, I read my Bible, I'll do all this, but like, even though we're seeking him, he is continuously showing us things. Mm-hmm. So like, we can't think that we are just seeking him and then like everything that flows out of us will be always be righteous you know because like he's continuously sanctifying us Mm -hmm. so like at and that's the beauty of it because as we're on the path as we're seeking him as we're reading the bible actually we should be seeing more things that are wicked about our heart Mm -hmm. and then yeah he's getting it out as we're doing it and that's the beauty of it because i truly believe that's where the lord's taking his church is like from a prideful standpoint of like well i'm good now like i'm in the right place i'm doing what i need to be i'm reading my bible i'm doing this but he's taking us to like a self-reflection like humble um i don't really have vocabulary vocabulary for it right now but basically like letting him do the work and being okay with with um being transparent about it Mm -hmm. being transparent about he's working on me and i'm happy that he's working on me because that means that i'm growing yeah there's a song. He's still working on me. That's all right, right? <laughs> there, uh, there. I got some vocabulary. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> Joey Sash says a ship carrying red paint and a ship carrying blue paint collided in the middle of the ocean. Both crews were marooned. Because <laughs> if you add blue and red together, it equals maroon. maroon. Oh, I love That's it. Funny. But he did send me a sign. He said something is seriously wrong when the world is offended by everything but sin. Um, right is wrong and wrong is right. Bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Now, I, I love this conversation we're having. Um, <clears throat> and after the break, I want us to switch, switch gears a little bit. I've been trying to find a time to talk about this. <laughs> and I actually feel like there's going to be a lot of involvement and people listening probably is going to have questions and input. So 270-230-6337 is my number. You can text and engage or interact with the broadcast in any way possible. You can compliment, compl- um, critique. You can say you all are crazy or I like you some days and I don't like you the other days or um, whatever you want to say. Like, I don't care. Just text me. Um, we like the involvement. But one thing that I've been trying to talk about, and I'm just going to throw it out there today, and we're going to talk about it, is AI within the church Ooh. and artific- artificial intelligence and how it's affecting the church. Is it dangerous as people say it is? And here's one thing I'm not doing, guys. Not going to conspiracy theory. All right, I'm I'm going to try to keep this as um, straightforward as I can. So I'm not trying to go off and do something. Here's what sparked it for me, and because we're actually talking about the Holy Spirit transforming our hearts and doing great things. Well, there was the first ever service led by AI in Germany just recently. So they had an artificial preacher, artificial intelligent preacher who was on a screen who preached the whole sermon. And it was a 45-minute sermon by a guy. I think it was either 40 or 45 minutes. Um, and he preached the sermon. It was AI actually preached the sermon. No preacher. Nobody wrote it. Nothing. He, AI completely did it. It's the first ever one. Did you listen to it? I, no, <laughs> I didn't. Um, I think, and I'm, I would like to discuss this more, and I don't know if you guys ever thought about this or seen it. You're younger, so I didn't know how much this would have. Artificial intelligence is something at this point we probably couldn't live without. Like, it's ingrained in our culture. Where it's going, I think, is the thing that has the propensity to be dangerous. For example, um, I got my iWatch on. You have an iWatch. Do you have an iWatch? I don't wear 
You have a phone. We yeah, have phones. Yeah. We have artificial intelligence everywhere. Our televisions, yeah. artificial intelligence. Um, things, our machines can start to think for themselves now. Like they're thinking. And the question on the table, and the reason I'm bringing this up, actually, I've had people talk about it. and I've had people engage with me about it. Is Is this a danger? Is this the Antichrist system? Is this setting up things? Are we going to have a... There was a movie one time called iRobot, I think it was. I don't know if I ever watched the full thing, and I'm not endorsing it at all. But I know the premise of the movie, and this is all I know. Uh, I really don't think I ever watched the whole movie. Um, so I'm not telling anybody to go watch it. Actually, I'd probably encourage you not to go watch it. Um, I'm not for sure what it's about. So I'll just say it. I'm not encouraging you to. I'm not encouraging you not to. That's what I'm going to say. I'm out of the box. I just know the premise of the movie, this movie was there was robots who could think for themselves that took over the world. Is that what's coming? Well, I personally don't think... I don't think that's the intent of AI in the slightest. But do I think AI will be instrumental in some things? I think the enemy can make anything instrumental in his hand. Yeah. Here's what I want to say. Nothing within itself... Like to that to this degree is inherently bad by itself. Television is not inherently bad. Video games is not inherently bad. Uh, sports isn't bad. Entertainment's not bad. It's what we've done with it. Mm-hmm. So could AI be used to the glory of God? Yes, but could it also be used to de-glorify God, come against His gospel, the kingdom, hurt the church? Yes, and so. I'm just going to talk for a minute afterwards and engage any way we can. Listeners, you know, Hannah, Jamie, anything, y'all come to your brain. Because you probably are more familiar with AI than you ever imagined. And I know, like, we've got now, like, the chat thing. I don't use stuff like this. I don't even have Snapchat or Instagram because this face don't go on pictures. Um, I do about the most social media I do is Facebook. and um, But I know there's, like... A chat thing too now that can have a whole conversation with you and it's nothing but AI. And so they're like, it's just a fluent conversation. Like if you talk to chat on a customer service, usually what happens uh, <clears throat> here, usually what happens when you talk to like a customer service chat, you're either talking to a real person or you're talking to a bot that has pre programmed questions that he can answer or, or the, the whatever mm-hmm. can answer. Well, now we have it to where you can have AI to where it's like you're talking to a real person and they're able to think with you. And so it's able to actually have a real conversation. So I could talk to artificial intelligence just like I'm talking to you guys right now. And and so it's progressing rapidly. It's been progressing, but also the information that's collecting, I think that's a lot of things that worry a lot of people is um, you could have a... Wi-Fi enabled television or toaster or anything like that. Um, And it might be listening to you the whole day because it's waiting for keywords. Or if you have voice activated something, that's more, that's more. So if you have a voice activated appliance and you say, Hey, um, Hey, so-and-so turn on this. All right. Cause you can, you can program sometimes. Well, it's always listening to you. And so people's uncomfortable with that. And rightfully so. I think there is a Hmm. point to it. It's listening. It's always listening. And some say it's collecting data. Some says it's not collecting data. This is where I'm not trying to get into the conspiracy theory of it. I'm trying to stay more biblical and and try to be more biblical worldview thought pattern on this. 
And one thing I really want to discuss afterwards, and Greg Carwell's already saying, uh, you can continue this conversation tomorrow, um, because the thing that it's starting to play into is eschatology a lot. And is this going to have a hand in eschatology in the Antichrist? So we're at break. Uh, y'all think this conversation would be interesting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will or not, but I'm 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 looking for the inter- I'm I'm going to be interested about because it it's something I've been thought thinking of, and um, I think some other people's had questions about this, and so. Uh, we'll read the second trivia question this morning. Take a break and then come back and continue our discussion on AI. Wednesday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Surveying. We appreciate Higdon Surveying for being a sponsor and underwriter of the Box 2 Radio Network. What king's acts are said to be recorded in the book of Jehu, the son of Hananiah? What king's acts are said to be recorded in the book of Jehu, the son of Hananiah? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. We are back here on this beautiful June the 14th, 2023. Welcome into Mornings with Box 2 Radio for those who are just joining us. For those that just had to go to work or do something else, we love you, bless you today with a glorious day. But for those who are with us and sticking around, we're going to talk a little bit about AI. don't think we have a trivia answer yet, Um, and so let me read that one more time. Um, Wednesday question number two, what king's acts are said to be recorded in the book of Jehu, the son of Hananiah? Uh, Todd Mingus says, AI is dangerous when used to spread the gospel. It is void of the Spirit of God, which does the work and is the real power to transform. We always need sons of God to preach. Romans 10, 14 through 15 from the KJV. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And I agree, Brother Todd. I agree 100%. I don't think AI should ever be used to preach the gospel and um, I was definitely troubled by the one in Germany. I just, I mean, it was a packed house, too, from what I hear. So it was full. People liked it. Um, um, and so, and, uh, <laughs> but I, I think Todd's right. I think he's on, like, eight pastors. Now, this is something I just, I don't agree with. All right. There will be things other pastors say that clicks my brain, and I may think on it, ponder on it, use it. Like I usually try to give credit if I give an exact quote, but if it's like a principle or something or something like that, you you can't always do that because thoughts are shared from everybody. Um, but to say that like it's okay for AI to write your sermons, which has been happening for a little while now, so like pastors really don't prepare. They say they're going to use. Some pastors say they're too busy with other parts of the ministry to actually work on a sermon, so they've been using AI to write their sermons, and they basically just read the sermon on Sunday morning. I think that's dangerous. I think it's the same yeah. thing that Todd just said, is that the Spirit of God's not involved in that. Mm-mm. Can And then I know there's going to be some, well, the Spirit of God can use it. Well, I think that you have something that's thinking independently from anything that, like, even from a natural or a human standpoint, like, God uses our brain, and... I don't want what I say on Sunday morning to be something I thought up. Yeah, I want it to be something inspired by the Holy Spirit. Because if I go on Sunday morning to the pulpit and just give you Aaron, it won't transform you. It will never charge you. It will never change you. 
But if I go to a pulpit on Sunday and get Aaron out of the way and give you what the Holy Spirit is giving to this bride, then it starts to be transforming. Yes. And so I think the danger thing about AI doing that is AI is going to give you intelligence and give you wisdom. But Paul always come back and said that I did not come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. AI can't demonstrate no. the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's just a robot. It's just a it's a it's technology that's thinking for itself. And well, so the Holy Spirit, I mean, it has no soul has no spirit mm-hmm. so the holy spirit's not living inside of that robot you no. know <laughs> like the holy spirit must be living inside of someone who's preaching a message by the holy spirit so yeah. yeah and i would say this and i mean again i'm not saying i'm perfect at all this we're all learning and growing but if you are a pastor and you're too busy with the other parts of ministry to actually prepare the sermon then you may need to de-busy yourself a little while. I'm not saying preaching's all you should do. I'm not saying that in a bit, because I think there's a lot of other important aspects of pastoring. But I do think preaching and teaching the Word of God is a huge part of pastoring. And if you're too busy for to prepare to do that, and you need a machine or you need technology to prepare that for you, I think you really need to talk to your leadership team, and you really need to talk to the Father, for first and foremost, and you need to start de-busying yourself a little bit. You need to look at your calendar and declutter because you're way too busy. And if you're trying to take your kids to 17 different sports programs that week, that may be the first thing you need to start decluttering a little bit because I'm just telling you, um, I'm not against kids' sports, but I'm not going to worship them either. And if your schedule every night is dictated by kids' sports, I think that's a dangerous thing. I don't care what family you are. I grew up like that. I was all about sports. My kids don't play sports. It's not because they can't play sports. but, And I don't think they're, I mean, like, am I against them playing something? No. But if it takes up every night of the week to where you can't even have family time because you're trying to get your kid from point A to point B, I know some families that will have their kids in three different sports in one night. Now, I'm having people turn off because they're angry. How dare you touch my kid's sport? I'm living vicariously through them. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I know it. Like, I've I've seen where parents have to take their kids to three different sports things in one night. Are we, are are you serious? Like, are you trying to, like, have no family time? Well, that is family time. It's not family time. Like, you're not, you're just, you're just rushing. And then you're stressed because you're rushing, trying to get them everywhere. And I, I just think anything that's taken away from the glory of God and anything that is prohibiting you from actually being the godly parent and creating the godly kids that you're um, praying about and trying to raise becomes a danger and it becomes an idol. And I think one of the biggest idols, and I'm, I really don't mean to make you mad. I really do. I love you with all my heart. One of the biggest idols in America right now are children's sports. I mean, just, I'm just calling it out. I, this coming from a guy who's all about sports growing up. And I've seen it like, kids are destroying parts of their body to try to become specialized in the sports. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by their by the time they're 16, they're already having soldier soldier surgery because they've destroyed it pitching so much in baseball or their knees are so bad by the time they're 17, they don't even know if they're ever going to be able to be pro because you wore them out with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of in-game play of basketball by the age of 16. Like we we've got to draw the line somewhere. And and if you're so busy with all of that that you have to have a machine come and teach, prepare the sermon that God's called you to prepare, uh, 
you know, I think that's where we're missing it. And I could even hear it now. Well, I need to be about my kids before the ministry. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've sat in rooms ordaining ministers before and I've looked them in the eye and say, your wife and children come before this ministry. They come before the church that you pastor. They come before the people. If your wife needs you, if your kids need you, they're first and foremost. Like I've told people that when I'm when I'm an ordaining presbytery, I've looked them in the eye, the ones we're ordaining, and said that to them. But at the flip side, too, that doesn't mean that you never get to engage in ministry. And I think what we've done is we had one extreme to where pastors ignored their family, and then we went to the other extreme now where pastors ignoring the ministry. And we've got to find this good balance to where your 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 family is top-heavy, but you also got to be there for the people you're called to shepherd. I would really like to talk about entertainment at some point on <laughs> on the broadcast just because I don't see anywhere where we're called to serve our kids by giving always keeping them entertained. Like giving into entertainment before discipling them you know like spending our time on entertainment rather than actually teaching and talking and training like we see in Deuteronomy and you know like and I just think that entertainment has become and I get it like there's certain things you know sometimes parents need a break and yes there's going to be entertainment to a certain degree with kids but entertainment doesn't have to just be sitting behind a screen all the time. It can be going and playing and figuring out how to play outside, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, family time and spending time with one another, like, I just believe that our culture has lost the the social, the actual socialization of talking with one another, telling each other about mm-hmm. our day, um, talking about the Bible, asking questions. Like, I don't know. I just, I would like to talk about that yep. sometime. We definitely can, because um, I think there's a lot to be said on that, <clears throat> and maybe we'll have time on the second part of the broadcast for that. <laughs> um, well, the second after the next break, but and I because I, I do think it's a really good conversation to have, and I, I think there is a lot to be said regarding that, especially in the area of um, I think entertainment has not just gripped our kids' lives; it's gripped our lives too, yep. Yep. and we we unconsciously believe that we have to be entertained every second of the day. And pretty much what we've done, and this is actually going to tie into AI, and then we can tie it back in and try to segue this the best we can, is that we have tried to do everything in the earth for people not to think. Mm-hmm. We don't want anybody to think. We don't want anybody to stretch their thinking. We want to tell you what to believe. And actually, we see that in politics. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not... There's some things I won't engage in a conversation. I believe abortion is a murder. Um, you're never going to convince me it's not murder. I will never surrender that. I believe there's certain things that are an abomination to the Lord. I believe there's certain things that I don't want my children being taught. But if you want to have a conversation around the debt ceiling, or you want to have a conversation around um, the war in Ukraine and Russia, if you want to have conversations around things that there's not biblical precedents for, I'm up for that because we want to think and we want to have the best solution. But they tell us that we're not allowed to because we only have to be along party lines. We have to do this. We got we just got to follow the the stream. What's that actually saying? I don't I don't want you to think, and we don't like to think. Um, I was I had a friend who was completely on the opposite side of the spectrum than me politically, complete. Um, and we would we never argued though. 
Even over abortion, we didn't argue. There was differences, but we didn't argue. He knew my stance and I knew his. But what we did was, what we did do was had a lot of conversation around climate and around electric vehicles and around um, taxes and around medical care and health care and um, all of these things we, we actually talked a lot about and we did it in a very healthy way. And some things we came to kind of conclusion like we almost we almost like fixed some things like, well, if we did it like that. Yeah, like I think if you took a little bit what you're saying, a little bit what I'm saying about climate and how to help it. Because, you know, I'm I really don't believe in global warming, but I do believe our climate is affected by us. And so how can we steward the earth better? And I think that God has given us the opportunity to steward the earth better. Now, I'm not saying that um, everybody should have electric vehicles and no gasoline. That's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. And if it did happen, we would crash our power grid. It would not be able to sustain itself because we've seen what happened in California when they had to tell people to turn off their power because it was going out when they was charging too many vehicles. And so we kind of see how it's impossible to go there. But the earth is telling us and everything about the earth and the way we do culture and the way we do society now is saying, don't think, don't think, don't talk. And now we're taking a step farther. Let AI think for you. Now let AI preach for you. Let AI develop sermons for you. Let AI do this. And um, yeah, I mean, it just sounds like it's conditioning. It's conditioning us for what is to come. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't hear that. You can't read that and see the development of all this and not see how it's conditioning our, our mind to to not have discernment, to not mm-hmm. be thinking. Because if you're so distracted and you're not thinking, then how are, how are we going to know when anything is happening? How are we going to know the signs of the times from the Bible? Yep. Well, I think a lot of things has been conditioning us for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I think AI is the next step to... Let me tell you what to buy. Let me tell you yep. what to cook. Let me determine what you're going to eat. Let me tell you. And really, it's it's another thing. Again, it's not inherently evil, but it could be very well used for evil. But you know the, the, the population that it's going to target the most is the people who are so consumed with their jobs. There's so much workaholics and, it, like, busyness and, like, worshiping their career and their schedule that they they want something to tell them what to do because they don't have time in their schedule to think about it themselves and they're just always tired yeah yeah um and then i've seen things like development of ai wives and husbands and friends and robots and um like we're gonna they're eventually gonna well i mean they already are to an extent they're gonna start looking like people um it's going to go to an extreme that is, in my opinion, very dangerous and very unhealthy. Uh, again, I don't want to say everything about AI is dangerous. I don't want to go that route because, you know, there's some AI that we've been dealing with for a while that's not necessarily thinking for itself, like having full conversations, but it was able to decipher things. Um, and it's, you know, I there's a part of me, like Siri to an example, like all of us have iPhones, I think. Siri's handy at times. And Siri is a level of artificial intelligence. Like, yeah. And at times it's been helpful. Like, um, hey, Siri, set an alarm for 733. All right. Well, okay. She sets an alarm. Awesome. Like, I don't have to get on my phone. I could do that. The problem is 
Siri talked back to me and said, I don't feel like you should do that. I feel like you need to set an alarm for 5, 7.35, Aaron. I think it would be better for you. Now, if we allow AI to start dictating our lives and developing, especially start preaching sermons for us and start doing this, it's what you said earlier. I think at this point, now we are saying this. I don't need the Holy Spirit to lead me. AI is going to lead me. It's becoming a master, whereas yes. before we were the master of the technology. Yes. We were the ones of mastering that, but then they will become the master. It's kind of like um, we say a lot. It's it's one thing for you to have anger. It's another thing for anger to have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and I think it's it's along those lines. It's one thing for us to use technology. It's another thing for technology to use us. Yeah. And I feel like that script is starting to shift now and starting to change and and I don't, I don't need to wake up and ask artificial intelligence, um, "Hey Siri, what do I do today? Where should I go? Where should I eat?" And if you think about it, that's really everything we should be asking God. God mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hey Lord, where should I go today? Um, Lord, can you set an alarm for me for seven fifty-five and try to figure out some way to wake me up? He can. He can send an angel down, oh, blow yeah. a trumpet, wake <laughs> us up. I mean, sound the alarm. People, <laughs> I mean, it's funny to an extent, but. It's so true. Like, most of the things that people are searching for and doing is really just their need for God yes. that they're not seeing. Yes. Yeah. They're they're wanting everything else in life to do with, do for them what God was is designed to do for us. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. just won't. And I think that, I think, too, I agree with that. And I think also it's a lot of our laziness and slothfulness. Mm-hmm. Yes. We yes. want we want convenience, and we don't care what we sacrifice to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, I, the trend that we're going with AI, it it does um, alarm me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to live in fear, but I think there is an alarm going off saying, "Hey, you're gonna, we're getting ready to cross a line that's going to really be hard not to to uncross." Yeah. And I see what I see right now is governments, major corporations, getting major into AI. And anytime you see that, why do they do it? They want the control. And imagine if you have governments controlling AI. Yeah. Anytime. Like, a government can't, like, you know, governments, major companies, they can't be everywhere at one time. But AI can be. I mean, not they're not omnipresent like God is, but what I mean is they can be in your bedroom, they can be in your living room mm-hmm. they can be in your car it can be in your pocket it can be in your watch that you wear on your wrist wrist and i'm not trying to freak people i'm not a conspiracy nope. theory so any, y'all know me good enough i'm not like that but it's it's the enemy i mean yeah. it's literally yeah. you can see it's the enemy at work the enemy tries to prefer anything that god creates sure so mm-hmm. god cre- i mean god is and god created you know spiritual beings that can you know travel supernaturally what is the enemy trying to do same mm-hmm. thing god created humans what are what is ai trying to be people like it's trying to be a human that's not a human it's just a per a perverted like unnatural version of that and yeah. i'm not saying that like i I wouldn't go as far to say as some of the earlier forms of ai are necessarily like evil like you were saying inherently evil but i do believe it could get to that point where mm-hmm. they're speci- like they are the motivation behind creating certain things in the future could actually be like an evil like plan or something yeah you know and i'm not saying i'm getting rid of my watch or my phone i'm not saying that whatsoever 
Because I think inherently what we do with these a lot has nothing to do with the AI that's becoming dangerous. The AI that's becoming dangerous are those chat chat DPs or whatever they're called. I don't know what it's called exactly. Um, and is that right, Mariah? You know, I don't know either. I'm not a I'm not tech savvy. Heather says I choose not to be tech savvy. Um, but there could be a point where they do start to create yeah. iPhones and and Apple Watches and stuff to have some of these features that are... Well, the, the, the iPhone already can be used for that feature. I think it's what we do with what it. What we use it for. So whether you have a Google or you have an Android or you have an iPhone, whatever it is, it's not that the phone's bad. It's what we do with it that we have to guard against. And so I think we have to protect ourselves because, um, I mean, like... This phone right here can be used for the glory of God or can it be used to de-glorify de God. Like, it can be used either way. This is just a tool. The thing about the AI that's advancing now is it's more than just being... It's basically choosing which way it's going to yeah. be used. Yeah. And it's thinking for itself. And I just feel like this could this could have impacts severely upon um, leading into more of an eschatological view Antichrist regime, control, power, mark of the beast, the the system, I mean, Babylonian system. Like, again, I'm saying all this with cautiously, but also want to say that it's something I think we have to be aware of. We have to keep watch. Yes. Be on watch and alert. Yeah. I am not telling everybody to hide in a room away from technology, (laughs) and I'm not trying to stir up a conspiracy theory. I just want us to be cognitive of the fact that. What's going on? I don't think we should ever be listening and going to a church that's being led by a AI robot. All right. I think if your pastor is an AI robot on the screen, I'm I I wouldn't go there. All right. That's just me. I wouldn't go there. I never would. I don't want to advise you to, and I don't think you should. Because I think Todd Mingus is right, it would be void of the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. That's what uh Brandon texted in, Brandon mm-hmm. Chalkley. Um, he agreed with that about AIs don't have the Holy Spirit, so you all hit the nail on the head. And then he he also asked a question: um, What about AI telling the differences in denominations? Mm. Does it, or would it, or I don't? I mean, I think it. I think it would have the ability to, because what it would do is, if you, I think you could probably program somehow internally or some way to say you're an AI for Baptist and you're an AI for Methodist and you're an AI for this. And then it's, it's just going to, it's going to manipulate scripture. Like Mm -hmm. here's the thing that I think that here's the thing I think it's most dangerous about AI preaching outside of the Holy Spirit being void. I think that's the number one thing. Number two thing is that texts are misinterpreted all the time. And the way Mm -hmm. AI works is it thinks for itself, but the way it thinks for itself is it calculates all through data. So if it's calculating data through the internet, well, there's people that go on there on Wikipedia and all these other sites that put way out, far out, crazy things. So it's going to take that into consideration. So we actually don't believe and can't, we cannot rely that AI is actually interpreting text correctly because it could be using some things that are very wrong to interpret the text as long as it's considered data. And does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for example, they're like the whole debate on hell. Well, people put a lot of stuff on the, the the internet about like, well, this is what hell really was, or Jesus didn't preach hell, and then Jesus did preach hell. And so AI would calculate all that data and try to make a um, a hypothesis upon it. The problem is when you're trying to figure that out and you're putting all this data together, how do I know what AI's preaching is correct? Because if you're not a if you're not a 
somebody that's going to go home and study. You're just going to take what the 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 dude on the screen said yeah. and say, okay, yeah, that sounded great. It's AI. He's really smart. He knows exactly what he's talking about. And um, that's I, how we have the Holy Spirit, so we can have a witness of nope, that ain't that's not yeah. truth. So that would be one of my greatest fears uh, outside of the Holy Spirit being void. Um, I I just I don't know. I think it's crazy. I I think it's yeah, absolutely crazy that we had an AI bot preach a sermon and people packed out the sanctuary to hear it. And so I just I don't know. But also that AI can be manipulated, can be adjusted, and it can be programmed it can do anything like that but it still thinks for itself but it could have a slant it could have a way to come about and um i just think the church really has to be cautious using ai um mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about hey siri set an alarm for 755 that's not it oh she's doing it um <laughs> and it's not that what i'm talking about is hey siri can you write a sermon for me today because i'm busy and that's happening like mm-hmm. that's a dangerous thing that is legitimately happening yeah. Hey Siri, can you can you write a sermon on unforgiveness today? Or hey Siri, can you write a sermon on Matthew sixteen thirty three? Like these things are happening, and to me, I just I want no part of it. Like if it's hey Siri, call somebody. Um, that's one thing. That's me telling what to do. But yeah. I'm letting a computer, artificial intelligent, write a sermon for me, and I'm just gonna go read it and preach it on Sunday morning. I'm going to say this, and I say it with love, mercy, and grace. Shame on you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know any way to say it. Like, do your job. Do what God's called mm-hmm. you to do. Um, get in there. And I'm not saying, I'm not perfect at sermon prep. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I I don't know what I'm going to preach on Monday most of the time. <laughs> um, but I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be led by him. I'm going to prepare for it, whether that's thinking, processing, reading, studying, writing, whatever it looks like. I want the Holy Spirit to to lead me in all of that. But I'm not going to sit there and say, Siri, I need a sermon on the righteousness of Christ. All right? And she may preach a great one. But what if she doesn't? And I'm not prepared. So, I don't know. All that, I just thought it was a conversation a lot of people has been asking me to have and talk about. And after the break, we'll get into entertainment and how it is it's become a dangerous tool of the enemy too because it lullabies us into sleep and i'll say this i think it all comes around to dulling our brain like we want the the enemy wants our brain dulled Mm -hmm. because he don't want us thinking he don't want us praying he don't want us to and and along the lines of brains being dulled i think it's also entertainment whether we like to admit or not even to realize it is it makes us really tired mm-hmm. um like there's nothing more tiresome and fatigue than scrolling through your phone people think what's well, just yeah. scrolling but the the eye the strains in your eye the, the 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 stress in your brain trying to keep up because it's constantly pop 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 mm-hmm. um i know we got to go to break but we really because of entertainment we have no idea how to think deeply on something mm-hmm. like we can't like it ha- it has to come to me in 30 seconds or i'm out yep and then depending on what you're allowing on your news feed or your television or whatever just desensitizing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep all right well we're going to take a break here come back here on mornings of box two radio on the box two radio network all right here we go we're back um 
we're still having AI talks and um, texts are. I, actually, I thought I'd get more texts than this. I know people. I know what it is. Jacob's not listening this morning. That's what it was. <laughs> All right. It's a good thing I didn't do this with Jacob on the air. Oh, yeah. We've been hooped. Oh, man. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're tuning out. Jacob's not added into this conversation. Uh, we're done. We're done. Um, Entertainment's no. <laughs> gone for today. <laughs> Josh Newton, you listening out there? He could get going on this, too, I think. All right. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, we are talking also about entertainment and the dueling of our minds and desensitizing of what we believe, but also um, not being able to think. And if it's one thing that um, I'll ask you, Jamie, can I ask you a question? Yeah, ask me. All right. Do you find it difficult to sit there and think about one thing for an hour? Have you ever done it? Like just pour it into something for an hour, a paper or anything without your cell phone, without any distractions? I mean, I've definitely done it, but I do get sidetracked. My mind's, yeah. like, everywhere, and um, I struggle with focusing on one thing for mm-hmm. too long. But. Here's my testimony. When I was younger, like 18, 17, before, like, smartphones, like, back then, the best thing we had was a little snake on our Nokia phone that, you know, thought was awesome. <laughs> that was it. You know, you didn't play that very long. Like, you were, you didn't, you didn't stay on your cell phone. You didn't text all day. You didn't call all day. You didn't scroll all day. There was no social media. I found that I could probably get down with, I could get in my word and just stay there for a long time. I could read a book. I could do this. Now, because of what cell phones and social media and access and quick has done, I find when I sit down, it struggles now. And I think that's what entertainment's done for us, Mm -hmm. is we've lost the ability to process. And we've even lost the ability to not everybody, I'm saying as a general statement, relationally interact with each other. Um, COVID actually did a lot for that. We didn't know how to, everybody's in masks, everybody's this. Kids really struggle because kids in a major development of their social life were left home for years on it in some states, like isolated for a long time, not just a couple of weeks or months. It was a long time and they don't, they struggle relationally, relationally with other people. And I think that's what entertainment Entertainment wants to isolate you and put you in a different world. Mm-hmm. It wants you to escape. And that's what entertainment's for. Now, I'm not saying entertainment's bad. Like, we we joke about our time. Me and Ethan play um, golf every Wednesday night. After church, we go home. We go to my house. Heather fixes a bologna egg and cheese <laughs> sandwich. It's wonderful. Two of them each, actually. And uh, we play golf for like an hour. All right? There's nothing wrong with that. Now, if we played golf 12 hours a day and we didn't support the family and we wasn't with our families, and now Hannah would make sure that didn't happen. Uh, she's restricted our nights to one night a week. Uh, and um, and so, like, that's when the problem starts. Yeah. Like, let me just clarify this. Entertainment and moderation is not bad. But if your life is dictated by entertainment... Your idol has become entertainment. Yeah. Well, this is... <laughs> um, now, I will say this about the one night a week thing. If... Now, I've t- like, I believe for me and Ethan both, I mean, we talk about the entertainment. Like, like, what are we putting our time into? Sure. You know, and we're not perfect, but I do like to talk about it because I think it's good for you, like us to take assessments of, like, okay, what are we doing with mm-hmm. our time? Like, what are we spending our time on? Sure. Um, and he... He's an entertainment guy. Like, I mean, he if it's up to him, 
and like you know god didn't have a say in it or i didn't have a say in it i mean he'd be like out playing disc golf every day basketball every second of every i'm and i'm serious like that's just how he's he likes to stay active uh-huh. um and i don't think those things are bad i mean i think that's awesome it helps him stay in shape it lets him spend time Do you with like friends. him staying in shape huh you like him staying in shape i mean it's, my wife it's don't care about me i'm already i'm already past the line so I'm, i don't know if i'm ever repassing the line no back to i mean in shape. i mean like i told him i don't care like i would you know think i would love him no matter what he looks like but i know it's healthy for him you know to be in shape it would be healthy for me to be in shape but you know what i'm saying i got her like, scrambling he, i got her scrambling it's not it's not like Lord. it's not just the like physical stuff though but like he would you know tv video games sports like all the entertainment it's just that's kind of like something that he's just always enjoyed to mm-hmm. stay busy doing but it's also like i've we've talked about this part of growing up too because really like you do have to like think about other things you do need to be spending time with your relationships and you can spend time with your friends while you're doing those things and like your spouse but i feel like your attention sometimes isn't fully on somebody when you're always doing these different entertainment things Mm -hmm. i think it's good in moderation it's fun to do together there's activities you do together but there's certain things, certain times that you do really need to just be present with people and not be distracted by doing a bunch of other things while you're talking or while you're listening, you know. And so I think that's one of the things is like our attention. The enemy wants to like get our attention off of things that matter. So, Jamie. Well, this is something I struggled with for a while. I love to binge shows. I used to love it. I used to love it. That's all I would do. That was all I would. I'd get home from school. I'd be like, "Ooh, let's see what's on Netflix," and I would just spend all my time on my either on my phone, scrolling through social media, and watching all the shows. Like literally, stay up for two days straight and barely sleep, just because I got so addicted obsessed with certain shows and I was like so invested into the people like they were real people but they're not <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh that character is my best friend yeah, yeah literally no it's it can happen I know <laughs> it can. It's, it's happened to me many times sure yeah <laughs> and in those moments you lose sight of you're dulled like yeah. you don't even realize it like World War 3 could have broke out and you probably didn't even know it Mm-mm. zombie apocalypse could have took place AI could have took over the world. And as long as AI didn't dictate your Netflix, you were okay. Yeah. I Why? mean, this could even go into the conversation of, like, you literally in your heart are forming a relationship with this show and with this character on the show. Yeah. So it could cause your discernment and your convictions to get desensitized and be like, well, that's not that bad because I love this. <laughs> I love this character. You know, like, you know, it, this isn't that bad. Like, it could... Yeah depending on how much we worship it and how much we love it could create that lack of discernment, lack of conviction mm-hmm. in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. My obsession with Gilmore Girls. Mm. Hey, it got, not, it got not, unhealthy at one point. Now don't, don't, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's inherently bad. Well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. How obsessed I was with it or how obsessed I was with One Tree Hill. Yep. And Ooh. both of those shows definitely have some questionable. <laughs> yes. Things, uh, to say the least. That's putting it mildly. Um, Way to convict me, Jamie. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just. And so, but I mean, it's. I think it's. We have to 
I even agree with what Hannah said earlier. I'm not saying I usually don't agree with Hannah, but I'm saying like, <laughs> I, taking it back, I agree with what she said earlier about like getting the kids outside to play. Like, uh, yeah, you know, um, like our 12 year old girl, she would sit in her room 24 seven. Like, I don't, I don't even think she would care about like showering, eating, or anything, and just be on her phone. Like, if you didn't go in there and say, "Hey, it's time for lunch," okay, she'd just sit there. If you don't tell her to go play, she won't go play. She will sit there on that cell phone. And so you have to be very proactive on it. And I've said this before, and I and Heather, I don't Heather will agree with me because I am on the phone a lot. Um, I really am on the phone a whole lot. It's not because, like, I'm just binge watching. Like I'm making phone <laughs> calls, talking, and I could even make the argument that I'm doing it for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Like I can make that argument because about ninety percent of what I'm off, I'm on the phone to is pertaining to ministry. Um, and the other 10% is pertaining to adoption. Like pretty much mm-hmm. my whole, I don't make just, I guess every once in a while me and Jacob will talk on the phone, just chit chat from point A to point B, but it always comes back to the kingdom. Like we always end up talking about something with Jesus. Would so, you like, consider that entertainment? I would consider no. that work. <laughs> work or like relationship. Well, yeah, but one thing I'm guarding is I can't let that become an idol. Yeah, yeah. that's and, true. Um, like I'll wake up in the morning, check my email and check my phone and check my text message before I even think like, yep. it's just a natural, just reach over and I'm checking email. And, um, yeah. and I mean, when I say, I'm not kidding you, it's, it's not unheard of for me to wake up with three or four different messages to respond to overnight. Mm-hmm. And so it's for me, I've got to guard against that. Even though I could call it something good, I can still let it become an idol yeah. and I can let it distract me. So something good and being pertained to necessarily building the kingdom can distract me from spending time with the father then how much more can entertainment that lullabies me to sleep yeah yeah i mean and some people make ministry an idol too yep well that's what you know most of that that you're doing is ministry and so and even though it is like advancing the kingdom of god still if our eyes aren't on jesus first then mm -hmm. it's like gonna get out of order and then we'll feel that friction of like we know we know when things are out of order because we start yeah. to get frustrated we start to get yeah. things start to and i mean and i can't like i'm not going to just sit back and say i'm never answering the phone or something like that and i think that the conversations and the work still needs to get done yeah but every once in a while you just need to escape for 15 or 20 minutes and just pray yeah and then you, i mean i'm not usually escaping for two hours and disappearing but yeah. just to get alone and just restructure but also but i, I use that the just an illustration to say to me, that's something that is more of a godly type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even that can become a distraction from the real thing, which is that spending time yeah. for the fa- and edifying and I mean, and edifying the body and glorifying God with all things we do, mm-hmm. where the word word or deed. So how much more is it when we escape into a lot of times when we escape into te- entertainment, especially like even those shows you were talking about um, when I was younger, I watched them. Well, I didn't watch Gilmore Girls. Heather did. But um <laughs> I did watch One Truly when I was younger. There was a very definitely a lot of questionable things on that show. And I find a lot of times for Christians who start to watch stuff like this mm-hmm. is that it's an escape. Like, I can't do that, but I'm going to watch somebody else do that. And it's okay if I watch somebody else do it. And, I, and I'm and i not going to keep – I don't want to call out show names. You called them out. So I was just – I watched <laughs> – and I'm not telling everybody, go not watch them, whatever. Like, that's going to be the Holy Spirit's job. Like, I, I don't yeah. tell people what shows to watch and not to watch. I've never done that. Like, you should watch this. You shouldn't watch this. I say you should trust the Holy Spirit and allow him to sanctify you. And whatever that level of sanctification you're at, obey him. 
Um, and but if there's questionable things, if there's if there's nudity, if there's things that are prohibited in Scripture, now that's another question. Like that's you shouldn't be watching that. If you're watching things that are prohibited in Scripture, those are things we should guard ourselves against. If it's yeah. things or gray areas, you got to rely on the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. to 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 lead you. But um, I see Christians all the time, literally talking about they're watching these shows that have straight up um, perverted scenes nudity, very foul language. I'm not talking about the D word or something. I'm talking like very strong language. And they're celebrating. What an awesome show. What at this? And it's easy to say, well, they're just, they're just, they're not saved. They they couldn't watch it. They're safe. I think sometimes, I think they could very well be born again. I think they may be some needing some sanctification in some areas like we all are because we've all been there. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's areas in our life that need to be sanctified to all of us. Yeah. But I think for a lot of times, that's their escape from, I can never do that, so I'm going to watch them do it. And it's okay if I watch them do it if I don't participate in myself. And people say, that's crazy. I've talked to people who think that way. It's not a big deal. I'm just watching the show. I'm just watching. Yeah. But in reality, is they're living vicariously through that character. Mm-hmm. And I think it's revealing the sin and the wickedness that's still in our hearts and places. Does that it make is. sense? Yeah. And I'm not going to commit that because I know it's a sin. But to live vicariously to them committing it, I'm okay. Well, I mean, it's just like the what Jesus says about don't even, even if you're not looking upon a woman, but you're, you know, lusting in your heart. Or mm-hmm. Sorry, even if, if even if you look upon a woman with lust in your heart, like that's, you have committed adultery. You've committed adultery. So it's the same thing. Like, it's not just for men. <laughs> it's for women, too. I mean, both sides, you know, have that sin problem and have, and lusting can even be lusting after other things, too. Mm-hmm. Lusting after things that are you just want really bad or coveting something or, you know, any of those sins of the heart. This needs to be talked about more because... I mean, you can make a good thing an idol with just coveting it and idolizing it. Yeah. But most things, usually if you have to justify or defend something, Mm -hmm. a lot of times... It ain't right. It's an idol or it's not biblical, (laughs) usually. If it's something like like a TV show or like a thing like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking for something on Facebook that I saw the other day kind of pertaining to this, talking about Christians wanting to go watch a comedian. I don't know nothing about this comedian. I don't even know his name because I don't, I don't know nothing about him. But these Christians were in this argument like, oh, you should never go listen to them. They should. Oh, how dare you do this? How dare you do that? Again, if there's things that's sinful, that's straight-up sin, you should not participate in it as a Christian. Like, you shouldn't. There should be this line drawn. And, again, it's that living vicariously. It's that playing with devils. That's that, um, well, I don't want to be some kind of religious weirdo, so I don't want to be that person who say, I'm not going to go watch that, or I'm not going to go listen to that. Because maybe Jamie's friend calls her and says, hey, do you want to go to this show? I got an extra ticket. And it's easy for us sometimes to be like, Oh sure, we really don't. We really don't. We we may not appro- approve, but we're going to go because our friends. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to be that person. And I'm uh, sorry, Jamie, I'm putting you on the spot a lot today. Am I? That's all right. Uh, <laughs> it's just an inside uh, uh, situation. Oh, uh, <laughs> funny. And so, but but I think it's completely <laughs> right for Jamie to say, "Hey, look, there's things in that show that I don't believe line up with my Christian values, and I believe that I would be." disobeying and dishonoring my father if I do that. So I love you guys, but I'm not going. 
Um, and and I think I think that's the proper way to handle that kind of stuff. But I think for so long we've just we've been afraid to go against the grain. We've been afraid to do this, and we want to be lullabied by entertainment. We want people to like us. We want to just pass the time. I have nothing else to do tonight, so I'm okay with it. And entertainment, I would say across not just our generation but generations before, nothing. Well, okay, very few things have been more integral or instrumental instrumental in sin taking a deeper root in cultures than entertainment. Yep. I think entertainment actually may may be the most prominent thing. Yep. Because sin has always been introduced through entertainment. Yep. Um, like homosexuality was introduced through entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, pornography and other things that are lust filled introduced through entertainment. I mean, that's entertainment is actually what desensitizes us. Yeah. It's what lullabies us. It's what dulls us. And when the when the sword is dull, when the mind is weak, when the heart is corrupted, entertainment has done what it's called to do then. Yeah. And I'm not saying all entertainment is evil, but I'm saying nothing has been used more, in my opinion, than entertainment to change culture. Yep. It's so. true. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's just my two cents. I think we can all feel some conviction in this conversation. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I think this conversation. Ethan, I can't play golf with you no more. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, there's nothing unholy no. about golf unless you make it an idol, but I don't think y'all are making it an idol. Well, I, I did beat him three times the other night. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> he knew you were going to say I, that. He told me you're probably. I mean, I just, I'm just saying. I'm, I made uh, it. Look. Ethan beats me at everything. So when I do beat him at something, I got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's beat me 717,000 times at basketball on Sunday night. And he's beat me in much <laughs> of, at golf on the computer, on the PS5, as that. So when I do beat him, it's a rare event that's got to be celebrated. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but me and Jamie knows me and him cannot compete in things where no. it ends very badly. <laughs> very like, she gets bad. all quiet, and I'm like, you know she likes to talk. And I'm like, why are you just all silent right now? Oh, I didn't used to be silent. I get silent now because I have to hold my tongue so nothing unholy comes <laughs> out of it. We See? played mini golf, and I was like, why are you looking upset like this? This is fun. We're just playing mini golf right now. Because he's beating me. I don't like to lose. <laughs> Yeah, foosball. You'll have to ask him about foosball sometime. Look, there was this one time me and Heather played NBA on the, on the, I think it was PS4, and I didn't think she would be able to hang. Like, I'll be honest with you. I was just like, I'm going to destroy her. I had to beat her on a last-second shot. She was winning. Wow. Going in that, like, I had a last-second shot to beat her. Go ahead. I was nervous. I was like, okay, if I lose, I'll never not hear. I'll never hear the end of this. Like, it's always going to oh. be here. Oh, Ethan, I beat him at horse. Uh, two different times in the same day, and he's never heard the end of it because I I can't <laughs> let him hear the end of it. <laughs> and so, but now I think there's I think that with entertainment, I think what we've got to do is we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit yes to dis- <laughs> dictate our entertainment yeah. as much as we do our church services or just as much as we do how we parent. And yeah. if if the Holy Spirit is not welcomed in your life to invade your entertainment and dictate and determine and discern and destroy what you're watching, then there's avenues of your heart that you are not walking in obedience to the Lord in. Because you're you're saying you can invade this part, but you can't invade this part. You can yeah. do this, but I don't want you to do this. And I love how, you know, our conversation hasn't been 
this go to hell, this go to hell, like condemn, condemn, condemn. Like it's been, it's up to you. Like mm-hmm. I like how, you know, you, you're not telling people what to watch and what not to watch necessarily, but saying the Holy Spirit should be telling you that. Yeah. And our job is to tell you the truth of what the scripture says that, mm-hmm. you know, that that is the Holy Spirit lives in us and has full access to us mm-hmm. our whole life. Yeah. And if you have to miss a television show that everybody else is watching, you're not really going to be missing it. And I think God will honor you for that. And he will, yes, he, will. he will honor um, you with blessing that you could not comprehend. And that um, I think I am very, now let me say this and I know we're closing cause we gotta, we gotta go. We just got a minute left, really minute and a half, whatever. I am glad there is more godly entertainment coming out. Mm-hmm. I was about to yeah. go into that. I mean, that, yeah. we. I'm. I'm glad that we're making. Well, for one, I'm. I'm glad we're making Christian movies that are not horrible. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very glad for this. Um, and I'm glad that we are not finding the worst actors that we could find and put them in Christian movies and call it great. Yeah. All right. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just it was. It was yeah, a truth. Like was, nobody would watch it. Cringy. Yeah. I'm glad. I mean, we watched, I know, I know we got to go, but I watched a movie about a Christian camp or something like that. And there was even questionable doctrine, like nothing like outright sin, but those second open-handed issues. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd agree with that, but it didn't stop me. Like I didn't sin watching it or anything. And my kids laughed and we laughed, we cried. I'd never had to worry about, are they going to drop a word? I have to explain to my kids or is, is this going to be ingrained in them or is, is, you know, so there is godly entertainment that we can engage in. And I'm, yeah, I'm happy that I'm we're getting there. All right. Well, we're out of here for this morning. We love you guys so much. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.